1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The divine exchange. going on and Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. It's good to be back with you again. I'm very thankful for this time and opportunity to be with you and to pour into your heart some things that the Lord has done in my life over the years, and I believe that He's still doing this. It's not over yet. Hallelujah. It is a journey. Today, we're going to talk about the divine exchange number six, our sickness for His healing. And uh, I just listened to a song on the way to, to, to the church. And uh, as I was listening to the song, I noticed the words. The words so powerfully says, you, talking about the Lord, will never run out of miracles. Man, ain't that a thought? That's the truth, that we des- we serve a God of miracles, and he will never run out of miracles. He has enough to provide in a substantial way for miracles to take place at any moment, at any time. And he's done that by the cross, not only in his power and his infinite wisdom and his understanding and his ability, but he has literally provided a way for miracles to be able to take place. And the reason why he's done that is because within the laws that he has established, He has made a way for an exchange to take place. Not that the issue, the problem, the sickness or whatever is is just vanishes, but that is dealt with and that it was dealt with at the cross. Hallelujah. That what Jesus did on the cross dealt with everything the curse has brought in. And in exchange, if he has dealt with it, he is also offering whatever heaven has to offer. Your trash, my trash for his treasure, a divine exchange. No other place in our life do we want to see more miracles, more so than in the area of healing or health. I'm a man who prays for God to heal. I'm a man who believes and has the faith that God will will heal and is able to heal. I've seen him do it so many times throughout my life as a a believer, and it's powerful. I've experienced it. I've had others who have experienced it. Uh, He he is a way-making, healing God. Amen. Now, uh, does he heal every time? No. Just like example, Dr. Ravi Zachariah just passed away last week, and and the church has been praying for him for over six months. Once we heard that, you know, he had the back surgery, and they found the tumor on his lower spine, and it was kind of abnormal, and um, they didn't know really what it was, and so we, the church started praying, started praying for God to do a work, started praying for God to give him strength and to to help him through this. We all thought that he was, you know, pretty much going to walk through it, and then when he got the report. Uh, a couple weeks ago that it was a dire situation and that they could not do anything else. The church really started praying for a miracle. God step in, do a miracle. I know that was my heart, my prayer. God, you know, this guy is a servant of you, been faithful, been used, been a tool in your hand. Lord, have mercy. Do a miracle. But he still passed. 
So we ask the question, <laughs> is God deaf? Does he not hear our prayers? <laughs> no way. God ain't deaf. He who sits on high is the one who hears and answers prayers. Does God not care about Dr. Ravi Zechariah? Uh, no, that's not the answer. He cares more about Ravi Zechariah than we could ever even imagine. And that's fully being experienced now by, by Rabbi himself. Is God capable of healing? <laughs> yeah, always and forever. So why would Dr. Rabbi, Dr. Rabbi Zachariah not be healed? Well, the Lord knows it is between him and his servant. See, God has a plan for each of us. God has appointed days and appointed seasons for all of us, just as much as our hairs are numbered and our seasons are numbered. And the Lord knows what would what is best for each individual on how that person's life could bring him glory and how that message can continue on from a person's life and through a person's life. If the Lord saw that it would be more beneficial for his for the message of the gospel and the power of people coming to to him through touching Dr. Rabbi Zechariah's body and healing him, then the Lord would have done that. You know, that's he knows what he's doing. He is not short of knowledge or wisdom or understanding. God is good. And also, God is a healer. He heals. He takes care of his people. He has done, he has made a way for healing to be the children's bread, for us to be able to experience an exchange. Will it happen every time? There is going to be a, a day we're going to die. And we, some of us might die of an illness, a sickness, weakness, old age, whatever. But we're going to pass away from this life unless the Lord returns in the meantime. But yet there's seasons, there's times, there's infirmities, there's sorrows, there's pains that comes our way that is not meant for, to be there. And God has has dealt with it on the cross and wants to deal with it in our life. He wants to exchange that he wants to take it off of us. He wants to lift it, remove it. He wants us to walk in wholeness. And the idea of wholeness is the idea of, of not lacking anything that he would have. Having all the strength and energy and the ability to serve him with all that is within us. He knows what's best. And he has made a way to do what only he could do and provide in healing. He has made provision for us to have healing and an exchange in our body. Matthew's gospel tells a great story, a testimony. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, it says, When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. Notice, Jesus just came there. Nobody was imploring him. Nobody was begging him. Nobody was asking him. Jesus' compassion is revealed here. And not only his compassion, but his desire, his love and desire to do a work. He, he comes to Peter's house, not forced, not begged. He went to Peter. He arrived. He shows up. And he sees his mother-in-law in this 
dire situation, laying sick in the bed. So he comes, he sees, and then he touches her. See, Jesus' compassion, his heart for his people sometimes goes without saying because he would want to act on our behalf long before we even could ask him. There's some things that he wants to do in you and in me that that it doesn't take us necessarily to pray about it. We don't sometimes we might not even fully understand it or know it. And he says, "Hey, I want to deal with this." And he reveals it through his mercy, his grace, his compassion. He wants to lift it off of us. And it says that uh, he saw his mother-in-law laying there and he touched her hand. And look what the fever, look how the fever responds. It says the fever left her and she got up and began waited on him. Hallelujah. Now, I love how the Lord has chosen certain languages, the Hebrew, Aramaic, and, and Greek, to bring forth some truth because the way that their language is set up, it's very poignant and it has such a vivid, vivid purpose to what's saying and what what's used, what words are used. And so some words have several different meanings translated in English, but it has an understanding in, in its original language that is so profound that it could mean several things. And so when, when looking at the translation of Greek, it says here the word is amphimia, which it literally means to forgive or to, to, to leave. Now, there's one underlying theme here, and that underlying theme is that it's not just about forgiving or leaving. It's about having the ability to be in forgiving or having the ability for it to leave. Let me explain. The subject is not in itself leaving, or the subject in itself is not just forgiving. But that something is allowing it or causing it or or bringing it to the place where it could leave or it could be forgiven. So let me break this down a little bit clearer. Let's say Peter's mother-in-law is sick, as she was, with a fever. And she, she had tried so much in her own ability or in her own way to relieve her or to get rid of that fever or infirmity. But nothing had happened. She still had it. She was still suffering. It was still there. It was like it was latched on to her or clinging to her. It wasn't going to let go. But then Jesus comes in and touches her, and the word is to, it, it released it to the point where it could leave. That it was taken off of her. Later on, Matthew describes this as he looks to Isaiah's gospel and Isaiah's, or excuse me, Isaiah's prophecy about the ministry of the Messiah. And Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, that he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Most translations doesn't have that specific translation that Matthew uses. Most translations that he bore our sorrows and he took up our, our pains or our griefs. Sorrows and griefs are more eternal. It's more of an emotional feeling, a, 
uh, a reflection of of being discouraged, over over overladen, underpressured, worn out spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But again, you have to remember that these words in the original context brings has so much a, a rich meaning to it. Like it, it, it means that those actions have taken place because of what happened physically, that you can't separate the two, that there was infirmities, there was sicknesses that led to the point of grief, that led to the point of sorrow, that led to the point of being overburdened. And Matthew translates it, like I, I believe, underneath the anointing of the Holy Spirit, really what's being conveyed here, that Jesus took up, he came to take up our infirmities. He's come to carry away our diseases. The very things that are the, the, the source of griefs, the source of pain, the source of hurts, he's come to take it off. And the word take off or lift off or carried is that idea that we just saw that took place in that great representation of the, 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 the fever leaving. That he releases it to the point where it can be gone as far as the east is from the west. Never to be captured again, never to be a part of your life again, but removed, healed. And Isaiah continues the thought how this takes place, that by your wounds, that you deal with it. He deals with infirmities and sicknesses, and he does that by himself being wounded. And it says, by your wounds, we are healed. There's the exchange. He takes our infirmities, our sicknesses, our pains, our sorrows, our griefs. He deals with it by his wounds. And then he offers us an exchange. We are healed. See, as I said earlier, within his laws and the way that the Lord has set up this global economy, so to speak, the spiritual economy, the only way I could try to picture it or understand it, there's laws, underwritten laws within it. And within those laws... He doesn't just dismiss sickness into the air. It doesn't just vanish. No, he deals with it. Just like sin. He couldn't just like look at sin and say, oh, well, you know, that's never happened. No, no, he dealt with it. He dealt with it. And in dealing with it, he offers the exchange. Because by his wounds, as Peter had quoted in his his letter at First Peter, as Matthew says here, and also as Isaiah proclaimed, that he has come to offer you something that you could not have on your own, in your own strength or your own ability. Your sickness for his health, his healing. We're not talking about a scab, but a complete removal of him taking our infirmity and giving us his health, his healing. Notice the exchange that took place in a visual context at Peter's house. His mother-in-law went from laying on the floor 
being pressed down and unable to do anything because of sickness was latched onto her. He releases it and removes it. And what takes place, it says immediately she got up and began to serve Jesus. That's what he wants. Anything that's keeping you and I from fully surrendering him, he wants to exchange it. He wants to give us what we need in order to do what we need to do to bring honor and glory to him. When I was in Bible college, this is 2004, uh, I had left Bible, I had left home in Deland. I was up in Bible college. It was uh, the fall of 2004. It was a, it was a different time, man. Everything was so new. It was really hard. But my mom at that time had, you know, not been in the best of health, and she had issues when I was younger, when I was 14, and I had to quit school and uh, help her. And uh, she ended up getting better and going back to work. But at this time, I was in school. All of a sudden, she got really sick. I mean, her lungs just basically stopped working. I mean, it was bad. And I was up in school. I was taking tests. There's no way I could come home. And I could just, you know, see my mom there by herself in the hospital room struggling to live. She got a report that she had, there was a spot on her lungs, and then within a couple of days, that spot had grown immensely. The doctors were extremely uh, concerned, and they wanted to go in and do a test, a biopsy, and then see how they're going to treat this. They thought it was cancer immediately, the way that it was growing. I was just undone. I'm up in the Bible college by myself, wondering should I come home to be with my mom I'm just and I'm walking around the school praying and as I'm walking around the school praying I'm just pouring out my heart Lord please please Lord please God be with my mom don't let her be alone and I remember I turned the corner to head back to the school I remember the road is right right at that time as I turned to go back towards the school the Lord says Sean do you know I love your mom more than you? And I said, yes, Lord. And I could see my mom there, and the Lord says, I'm going to heal her. And I could see it just removing off of her. And I just started crying, and I, got, I went and I got in my car, and I drove home that night. Well, I didn't get there until the next morning. <laughs> and my mom had already been awake and was sitting in bed just like I had envisioned seeing her sitting there. And I'm like, well, I thought they were going to take you into the back to do the surgery. And she says, well, they did a, a pre-op x-ray and they found out that that spot was gone. <laughs> that was 16 years ago. Our God is able. He's a miracle-working God. He will not run out of miracles. He doesn't just act like sin or sickness or disease is not there. No, 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 no. He's too good for that. He takes it off of us. He's dealt with it on the cross. And in exchange, he wants to give you his healing, his health. 
I want to pray with you. And as I pray with you, if there's anyone that's struggling with sickness, with sin, with grief, with sorrow, with torment, I just want to let you know that our God has not run out of miracles. He has not run out of miracles. He wants to exchange our trash for his treasure. If you'll just pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that by your wounds we are healed. I ask the Lord that you release me from this infirmity, from this sickness, from this disease, this sorrow, and in exchange, give me your joy, your shalom, your peace, your wholeness, that I may serve you with all that is within me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you all the way. May God continue to give you all that he has for you in these days. Until next time, this is Sean and the Word.